0: paid for, get a salary and commission. I would have never known that if I wasn't in the music industry. And I don't think a lot of, of my friends, my peers and natural athletes know that those things are out there. They're not handed out for free though, but either there are the physiques that you built to build Ooh. those physiques. You spent years working, sacrificing, being consistent. If you work, sacrifice and be consistent on these other things in life, you can be a natural athlete and support your family. Hello, is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation.
1: Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the R O All right, guys. Welcome back to the Shifty Q Podcast with Alan K. I am joined here by Mr. Pro physique, I travel everywhere and do every show, every single circuit, Mr. Michael Wittig. Michael, how are you today? And thank you for uh, making the time on your extremely busy schedule.
0: No, you're you're most welcome. Thank you for having me, Alan. I really appreciate it. Um, I know we've met at a few shows and it's awesome to finally have this schedule. It's been, what, months in the making
1: months months i i agree um and, and what i really enjoyed uh first of all is the fact that we just obviously know each other for being in the industry we all have a lot of the same positive messages that we want to share and uplift the community and what i love about once we started talking about getting on this episode and creating one you the first thing you said to me was alan i want to help these athletes i want these athletes to be the best version i want them to have all the resources that you've been afforded. So, so can you kind of talk about what that means for you and, and why you were so adamant on making that the first point to me of all people?
0: Well, well, natural fitness is important to me. Okay. Cause it's, I just want people to be healthy. I want them to be able to be around for their kids. I lost my parents when I was young. Um, so that's one of my big whys of why I got into fitness and training and writing articles and trying to help the public in general, So natural fitness is just important to me, Um, and and it's uh, not well known as much as the big IFBB and PC bodybuilders. You know, that's what everybody thinks of. That's what the the generation, the young generation that's in the gym that I see in the gym, the 15 to 20-year-olds, that's what they know and see. And I hear just a lot of stories, personal accounts from these young guys already taking things you know, and they're going to mess up their, their whole, their hormone system and everything at such a young age because they don't, they don't know any better or I'm not sure what it is. So us natural athletes growing this industry and growing the sport and showing the whole new generation that, Hey, you can look awesome. You can be awesome, but then you can be successful in life as well. And that's where that I've been blessed to acquire some skills over, over the years with uh gaining sponsorships with um, marketing with connecting with people this building relationships it's just been a a god-given gift that i've had that, that carried over from the music industry which is where i've spent the first half of my adult life and i applied it to my fitness my passion for fitness so there's ways for us natural bodybuilders to really grow the individual platforms and it's not about look at me look at me how awesome i am i want to be famous it's not about that but it's but every athlete has their own message their own personality their own voice and, and there's a way to grow that and have an influence on people hopefully a positive influence you know trying to spread that love for natural fitness out to the community or just whatever whatever they have to say you know everyone has a different voice and a, a message on their heart but there's a way to really grow that and penetrate and you don't have to be famous you don't have to be IFBB champion you can do it as, a, as a natural athlete just starting out sponsors don't even care if you compete they don't there's a lot of athletes out there that think i have to win this show and i have to win the natural olympia i have to win the mr america they don't even care if you compete. It it has nothing to do with it. We compete because we love it. And it can be a a little check on your profile that that maybe gives you a little bit higher profile, but it's not the key to success and making a living doing natural fitness. So there's a way to make a living doing it. I'm not rich, Alan. I'm not trying to say that I am, but I'm doing something that I love. I'm helping other people and I'm able to provide my share of providing for my family along with my wife and we're blessed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fact that you talk about that, that competing is just a accolade for you. it's not the end all be all, you know, you're, you're Michael Wittig, the, the, who just happens to be a pro physique athlete. You're not the pro physique athlete, Michael Wittig, you know what I mean? And, and I, and I think that it takes a lot of developing into that process of learning that it's not about the objective labels. It's about how you define yourself and how you create that and influence others to be better versions of yourself. W- would you say that has that message that you have plays a lot into how you do 10,000 shows every single summer? <laughs> I mean, is that is that kind of the reason why you travel so much and do all these shows?
0: No, actually, this is the first year I've ever done that. Um, oh. I've In the past, I've competed like any other athlete, maybe three, four shows max in a year, take a whole year off for growth, compete again. So normally I take a year off between seasons and normally I've done only maybe four shows and that pushed me where I was about to die and like everybody else. So, So this is actually entirely new and it was, um, partially inspired by two, two of your friends, Eric Murphy, who did 18 right. shows last year. We all know Eric. He's one of the best in the business, one of the best posers, one of the nicest, genuine guys out there. He did 18 Same shows well. last year, won a lot of them, um, won several world championships, just dominated. He he and I are really good friends. We came up together in the amateurs here in Oklahoma in 2016. Um, I lost to him, come second to him twice. He finally got a pro card, get out of the way, and then I got mine. Um, so I've known <laughs> him for... <laughs> So I've known him since I started. And let me tell you, he was an amazing poser back in 2016. He always stunned the the whole, everybody in the building. But, uh, and then, so he did 18 shows last year. And then another friend of ours, I think you just had on your show, Jonathan Goins. He did 10 last mm-hmm. year, okay? And I just was hanging out with Jonathan just at Saturday at the Mr. America. Another awesome dude, just super friendly and enjoys competing. Um, so those two guys kind of inspired me. But I'll tell you, when I first heard what they were doing, I thought they were out of their mind, Alan. I was like, these dudes are crazy. What in the world are they doing? I mean, that was my full thought. Like everybody else out there, what you all think, and You thought you think I'm crazy, and you thought they were crazy. But as the new year started, I knew I was going to compete this year. I competed last year, and I normally take a year off. But last year I did well and I was very happy with how I did, but I was doing a lot of acting. Among writing and competing and training and I do some acting and modeling and writing for magazines and stuff. I was real busy last year. I did a lot of acting. Now I'm not gonna say, oh I lost because I was too busy acting. I was happy with how I did, I did good. But I know I could have just been a little bit better just because I was trying to do too much. There's some weeks I was on set so much I got maybe three workouts outs in a week during contest prep, you know, cause I was on a movie wow. set or, or, you know, having to do full body workouts. Cause I couldn't get in the gym. I made it work though. And I still cut, but it wasn't as sharp as I am now, as I've been for the last six months, even I wasn't as sharp last year. And I knew I was going to take an extended time off soon to really mm. build some muscle, you know, years, years, not just a year. And I was like, man, I don't want to go out like that. I want to go out knowing that I did my absolute best that I did everything I needed to do to look my best. See, and that's not the same as I won every show. That's not my goal. My goal is, can I come in knowing I did my best? So I decided to compete again this year, being happy with the muscle that I had built in previous years. I was happy with the muscle mass and muscularity last year. I just knew I could bring in conditioning a little bit more. And posing, we can always improve, always. So those things I really tuned in on, that's the reason I decided to compete at all this year. Then early in the year, you know, I was thinking about Jonathan and I was thinking about Eric and it just was kind of, just kind of nagging on me. And I think that really God put that vision in my heart to do something similar, you know, it just kind of kept coming to me. And it, the more I thought about it, I thought it was a good idea. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm up to the challenge. Um, and, and for me though, it wasn't just about doing a bunch of shows, trying to win a bunch of shows, you know, it was about me being my best. But me being my best at every show and trying to build relationships with as many people as I could, being the audience, my competitors, the promoters, anybody, because I do have a social platform and I know that. Um, and I know that some people know me and I may not know them yet, but I wanted to, to try to make a positive impact on people. That could be praying with one guy backstage that I never talk about, nobody sees, or that could be taking pictures of somebody or giving the new pro athlete some advice on his next show if he asked me. So that that was my my purpose is to make a positive impact and come in every show be my best. Wow. Wow.
1: So you came into the sport you said at 20 2016 with Um no, yes, yeah, two,
0: 2016, yes, and I, I was 39. And my first natural show was an IPE show. Well, BF mm-hmm. is their um, amateur division here in Oklahoma. It's, they're pretty big here in the Midwest. They have some stuff okay. all around, but they're pretty big in the Midwest. So when I heard about natural fitness, first of all, I didn't know it existed. And when I heard about it, that's who I heard about. BF here in Oklahoma City and uh, eventually Tulsa. So I jumped on that. Eric was there. We met that very first show um, and just been friends ever since. But I, I I competed for the first time in 2016, um, lost to Murph a couple times. Then got my pro card in June, I think, of 2017. Then won my nice. first pro show the next week, and I was 40. So I was t- just turned 40 when I got my pro card. Yeah,
1: that's kind of crazy too. To, to, to that's crazy to think that you lost to Murph. You said a couple of times because you work with murph pretty directly now for your training right and your posing so what was that like to reach out to the guy that you're losing to to say hey man can
0: you help me be better well i had competed against him since then i mean there's i'm 47 years old right now i know Mm -hmm. i just know i feel like i'm at my best but i just know that me going against murph is a smoke show well i guess we Mm -hmm. competed at the world's we didn't compete at the worlds last year together okay did i place higher than him i don't remember but i i was we were different <laughs> we were in different classes height wise so i mm-hmm. didn't get a direct comparison with him and i'm not sure how the numbers fall but, but besides the worlds being on stage with him last year was it last year or the year i can't remember anymore some years ago we didn't hear, but since then i hadn't been on stage with him since 2017 at the worlds ipe worlds So we don't compete a lot together he's never been competition to me he's always been a friend to me um so i never look at it it wasn't like having to humble myself and go to him it's just he's Mm -hmm. the one of the best he's the one of the best in the business he just is and and he's a a good friend of mine and he's super humble so when i had this idea i knew he did 18 shows last year and i was ended up i'm gonna do 17 um and i was like it was a no-brainer to go to him he was the only guy to go to because he knew how to do it. And I know him and I've already, I already trust him. It wasn't like learning a process. We know each other. So it's been awesome. The first show this year was back in April. It was a USBF show and I won Open Men's Physique. And we've just been rolling since. I just the Mr. America was show number 13. I got four mm-hmm. more. Um, in 10 of those shows, I'm running three to four classes. So three to four times on stage in different classes. So wow. I'm one up in Murph. I'm one
1: up. <laughs> it it uh it almost feels like Murph is the Yoda of the natural bodybuilding world because everybody refers to him or something like that. And he's always like the default. Like, hey, I, I got some advice from Murph. Oh, you got from the Murph, like, you know, what I mean? it just seems like Murphy is the Yoda presence of the natural he, bodybuilding
0: he, world. He's definitely one of them for sure. There's a handful of leaders out there, innovators and who leaders that I know a lot of us look up to and respect. Murph's definitely one of those, one of those guys for sure. And it's just cause yeah. he's so friendly and humble.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's a beast on stage too. It, it's like how, like you can't find anything wrong with the man. He's just a very well-spoken humble dude that is more than willing to help everybody who reaches out. Um, I agree. But- so
0: I, so I, I hired him officially <laughs> as a coach. And so I don't just ask him for advice. I came to him early in the year and said, okay, here's what I want to do. I want you to be my coach. You're the guy. So me and him, we talk every day, every day. I send him weight pictures. We're adjusting stuff on a daily basis. And, and we've been a great team. It's been, it's been a, an awesome collaboration.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, just spoke about how you travel to shows and you like being there for other people to network and you officially kind of said or indirectly said that your presence presence is a present in the sense of who you are to shows because a lot of people know who you are a lot of people are excited to see you and hear what you got to say when when did you start taking on that role? Because, you know, you said you started competing in 2016. I'm I'm assuming you didn't just go into the industry. Like I'm going to help everybody out. But when was that for you? When you're like, Hey, Michael Wittig is the guy that shows up and actually there is a leader and as a big supporter, well, you're a leader because you are a huge supporter in that sense. So when did that role kind of take, when did you take on that role? And when did that start just becoming your persona?
0: I'm not really sure, man. I, um, you know, I've always had a little bit of a social media presence because of the music work I used to do early in life, mm-hmm. um, played bass for the Christian rock band Pillar, not super famous. We didn't get rich, but we, we were well-known in certain circles, you know, we oh, traveled okay. the world and, you know, played overseas and did it for a living. We, we supported our family doing that for a long time, um, but I'd always loved fitness. Like, so we would pull our bus up at a big festival, you know, like they were playing with corn or whatever. We would pull out weights. You know, we'd have a weight bench and full weights that our butt, our bus leaned because there were so many weights on one side. Whoa. And and we'd work out right there at the, behind the festival or in a Walmart parking lot on an off day and work out. And I was kind of, I've always loved fitness since I was about 15. So I'd kind of direct our bandmates on, here's what we're doing. Okay, we're going to do three sets of this and in a way kind of indirectly train them. You know, and we'd find gyms in whatever city we were in. So I've always loved fitness. And when we stopped touring, when that was chapter was closing down, that it was, I jumped right into fitness, got, got, uh, certified as a trainer, started working with people. But immediately my goal, when I started training was like, I knew I wasn't going to train one person for an hour, one at a time forever. I wanted to get, I wanted to get those reps in and learn how to do that. But my vision always was from the beginning was, was global. I was already thinking big from day one because of the band. I mean, when you travel the world, the world is a lot smaller than what it seems if you just stay in one town, when you've been everywhere, you see, you see that it's, it's not as big as it looks. So I was thinking global because of my experience in music. So I started writing eBooks and programs that did well. Um, I learned the art of sponsorships in the music industry because we, we were sponsored with Fender and Galley and Kruger and all the, the big music names. We had all those sponsors because we were assigned to a label and on the radio and touring around. So I kind of knew how that worked. And I think a lot of the natural athletes, they just, they just don't know how that works because if I was in the music industry, I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have known that, Hey, you could get a, a clean third party tested natural supplement sponsorship, work hard get on salary, have a contract, get all your subs paid for, get a salary and commission. I would have never known that if I wasn't in the music industry. And I don't think a lot of of my friends, my peers, and natural athletes know that those things are out there. They're not, they're not handed out for free though, but either there are the physiques that you have built. To build Ooh. those physiques, you spent years working, sacrificing, being consistent. If you work, sacrifice, and be consistent on these other things in life, you can be a natural athlete and support your family. there, There are possibilities there, but it's not, it's not easy, but either is building a championship physique. Like some of you guys have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important right there, which is the work that we do to get ourselves ready for stage is a lot of work, a lot of value to be had. And if we demonstrate that out more to the world, instead of all of these gaslighting it to PEDs, you would you would actually it would start enabling people to see that better habits and better behaviors are are literally on the other side of doubt. And a lot of what you just said earlier, kind of like how people approach the world where you think the world is tremendous until you start traveling. It's not until you start traveling different Mm -hmm. states, different countries that you realize the world is actually a lot smaller and people are actually a lot more common than they're not. And therefore, that's why, I, I, you know, as soon as I got into the space, a lot of what you're saying here, as I try to tell athletes, like what you're doing holds tremendous value. Just find a way to display that message and just display who you are, because that holds a significant amount of weight, especially in today's day and age, where there's so much uh, with obesity, so much with bad habits, so much with disease, viruses, the whole nine yards and all of these things that can be mitigated. Have we just take A better approach to our health, which starts with a better mindset towards our health. Um, For you, let's say I was a natural athlete getting into the space. What and I'm trying to, I don't know, make the best with it with regards to my brand, with regards to getting what I can get compensated. Like, what is some? What are some of the things that you would advise a young Padawan Allen that's getting into the sport?
0: Well, one thing I always advise, first of all, young trainers. So one of one of the things that's been most, I don't know what the word is, satisfying to me, is that when I have the ability, yeah, helping people lose weight and get healthier, that's always awesome. But to me, what's even more awesome is when I've somehow influenced a young man or a young lady to become a personal trainer and then go help who knows how many hundreds of thousands mm. of other people that's happened a number of times for me where they've come to me then they go get certified. And I see them like Excel and do awesome. That's like, I feel like a teacher or something like, you know, our grade school teachers that, that see a, the young man become a doctor. It just, it's a, it's a really good feeling knowing that you got someone change their life and they're out helping other people. Um, I lost my train of thought, Alan, <laughs> No, no, what no, it's question? all
1: good. No, no, so what are some what are some things that you would advise? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, young, I remember a young athlete getting now. into the space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember now. So, so
0: I got I was thinking about a specific trainer actually that got me. I was daydreaming about his success and I was just real proud of him. Um, so yeah. when I tell those young trainers though, first of all, one of your biggest marketing is how you live your life, your lifestyle. Ooh. Not saying you have to be have a, the best physique in the world. But if you're going to be a trainer, practice the lifestyle, you know, because let's say someone like that's pretty fit become the trainer and they get buff. That's hey, that's awesome. But let's say there's another person that becomes a trainer who lost 100 pounds and maybe they just in the other eyes of other people just look normal or maybe not super fit. But that person lost 100 pounds or 150 pounds. That could be an amazing trainer and change lives. So, so when I say your body and how you live, that's your biggest marketing, it's relative to your situation. Okay, mm. so so live the lifestyle that's going to influence other people, number one. Um, other practices that I really believe in, and Alan, I'm not perfect and sometimes I fail in these, but these are what I try to do. This is what, what I pray to be able to do every day when I go out and work, is always be kind to other people. Go out of your way to be kind, even when you're in a bad mood. When people ask you to do a job, do it to the best of your ability. But if they ask you to do this, give them this. Over-deliver. Do the best job you can. Over-deliver. Be kind to other people. Help other people succeed. Those are just a lot of principles, core principles that I carry over in, in music, which went great. Acting, modeling, competing, just pretty much just anything I do, I try to to incorporate those principles and it's done well for me so right after music did
1: you what was it like i'm going to be this bodybuilding actor model or like like it because it sounds like you just made that transition overnight but it sounds more like you just adopt or you got you gained some skills from music that you have adopted into bodybuilding and it's kind of spurred out into now acting and modeling is that more accurate of what that transition was like
0: so i started music and fitness around the same time both in high school Uh, music because i saw i watched the movie bill and ted's excellent adventure when it first came out 47 years old right now so that's i was in high school and i was like (laughs) man i want to play i want to play guitar so my youth pastor taught me how to play i played in the worship band and then got into metallica and all the rock bands and it History from there. Around the same time, I was a skinny beanpole. Just so skinny, Um, you know. My upper arm was as big as my wrist. My ankle was as big as my upper thigh. I was just abnormally skinny. Very self-conscious. Like I didn't want to go swimming with my friends. I definitely did not want to change with the dudes in the in the locker room. I was just real self-conscious. So I wanted to start working out. My dad bought me a bench. Gave me Arnold's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding, you know, that's this thick. And I still have the same copy on my shelf that I share with my sons now. Um, And so I got into both around the same time. And and they've both been a part of my life kind of off and on. You know, there's Mm -hmm. times where I lifted, did real good, and then maybe music took over and I didn't lift for a while. So it was kind of off and on with both of them. But they've both been passions my whole life. The music took off first, though. Met some Mm -hmm. guys in college. We got signed. And the rest is history there. We went and gold record, Grammy nominated, did all that stuff. But I'd always still, fitness was always in the back, in the back door. You know, we would go show up and, and work out. It was always something I really enjoyed just as much as music. I just didn't have the opportunity to do as a career. And once the music died down, um, I had about a, a year transition period where I was like, now what am I going to do? You know, I had to kind of think about it. And I was still working out and, the doors just kind of opened where I met some guys that were opening a personal training facility, became friends. They hired me. I got certified. They hired me out of the bat, out of the gate. So I didn't have to go looking for a job and figure it out. These guys kind of helped guide me and it got me started. And because of the skills I learned in music, just right away, I was thinking, how can I get this out there? How can I get my passion for fitness and my knowledge? While I was just certified. I had, Lots, lots of experience of training because I read a lot of books, you know, I, I'm not saying I was a master back then, but I knew a lot because it's something I love. So I was always studying and always learning the, the, the certification was just kind of the, the stamp so I could get a job. I already had the passion and the knowledge ahead of time. So I, so that's when I started writing books and, and it's reaching out for sponsors that early sponsor work led to some paid modeling jobs. Okay, so you can be sponsored and post up your own pictures and people say they're models and they're just posting up stuff on their Instagram. That's different than a company saying, hey, Michael, we want to hire a photographer and pay you money to advertise and, and have you take pictures for this product. So early on with my sponsorship work, because of my physique or just my platform, I don't know what it was. I had companies hire me to do shoots, video shoots or like for a product for a gym or for products and and i got those under my belt and i enjoy doing it and it's easy work help my family and that kind of opened the door for acting i I had a friend of a friend and i was like you know what i always thought about trying that'd be cool so i had a friend get me in and the agent knew me from my band knew of pillar so so i didn't have to audition and do what everyone else does it's normally really hard to get an agent but because of my work, see with pillar though, we did music videos, TV interviews, lots of radio stuff. So I had a lot of experience with media already, you know, doing interviews and just being on camera. It wasn't, it, it's not a, not a, it wasn't pressure. It was easy. It's something I'd already done. Mm-hmm. So she took me on right away and was getting me work immediately. And that was back. When was it? I don't even remember. Not too long ago, three, four years ago. I've been doing it very long. Um, so it just kind of came naturally. I'd been doing modeling for eight or nine years, and that bled into the to the acting, which, you know, was like, I got offers today, you know, or a casting calls today from her. And I'm like, nope, I got a show. Nope, I got a competition. They all seem to be falling, so I'm not acting yeah. much this year because I'm focusing on the competitions. But all the stuff just kind of naturally rolled into the other career, and I just like doing kind of all of them. Makes life interesting. Yeah.
1: And you're back to your first question
0: though. You're like, when, when did it, when did I become what I am now to the fitness industry? Mm -hmm. We got off on a tangent. I don't really know. I just always tried to be kind and help people. Like I said, those are principles of mine. Um, maybe it was after I won some titles and people maybe knew who I was. I'm not really sure, but it just kind of, it's been a few years for sure. When I would show up at a show and people, oh, I know you from the internet and it's good to meet you. That started happening a few years ago. And, and when I realized, like, man, I'm, I have the, the ability to, to make an impact on people, then I kind of just put a lot more focus on, on it, a lot, a lot more awareness and time into it. And it's really just like anything else in life. We always have the, the ability to help other people. We have those opportunities. It's just we have to be aware. It's easy to go through your day and mindlessly think about your own stuff. Do my own stuff. Here's a guy here. I'll get in my way. Someone's talking to you, your are and not listening to what they have to say. Okay? We sometimes even do that to our family or our wives. You know, we're thinking about stuff, and we're not really listening to what they have to say. But, but if you open yourself to being aware of your surroundings and other people, we all have the opportunity and the ability to make an impact and, and maybe even change someone's life on a daily basis. Yeah, no, especially, you know, I feel like a lot of
1: strength comes from understanding yourself and stepping into that power. Because like what you just said, you finally saw and started making yourself aware of the impact that you have in all of these different shows. And that in of itself is what you want to just make make like you want to invest into that more. You want to keep spreading out that message, keep making yourself present in all of these shows because of the impact that you know that you have i feel a lot of people that you see out there that have phenomenal results that make an impact in the world is just that in principle which is they believe they serve the world just as who they are and now what they do is they try to make the best of the gift that they are to the world and so that's why it's you know from this conversation of itself i'm just feeling how much confidence you have how much sir like how much you're into service the things that you're doing is for the better good of not just you but for the community so it says a lot about you to still be in this energy still spread the message and and one of the things that i love about how you spread your message and the impact that you're doing is now it seems like you're getting your your family involved your children involved into working out and uh you had like one of your sons traveled with you to one of your most recent shows. Can you kind of go into what that's been like?
0: Yeah, so so my family, what I learned long ago, especially with my wife, and you all all you men know this, is is you don't try to give them fitness advice. You keep your mouth <laughs> shut. And when they ask you, you helpful, you know, you, you don't go up and say, Hey, what do you think about doing these exercises? That's gonna get you in trouble. Keep your mouth <laughs> shut. But when they come to me, I'm here for help. So w- with kids as parents, they watch what you do. My parents, my kids have watched me go through battles, but be consistent and still get in the gym. Have go through hard times, but still accomplish my goal and not quit. So they, they uh, about seven, eight months ago, they had worked out with me before off and on when they were little, but it was more for fun, mm-hmm. you know, just fo- having fun with dad, not really on a program or trying to build muscles, just for fun. But my two boys, I got a a nineteen year old named Caden, and I got a seventeen year old named Kyler, and they're both starting to get pretty big boys. Like Caden's probably about six three, Kyler's almost six foot. Um, they came to me maybe about seven months ago, saying, "Dad, we want to build some muscle. We want your help." I said, "Okay, let's do it." So I wrote out the programs and told them what to do, and sh- showed them stuff, and worked out with them a few times, and now they've just been them two going going to the YMCA, working out on their own for about six, seven months now. Every day, they don't miss. I've seen these boys like, hey, my friends want to hang out, but I told them I got to go work out first. You know, So they're taking it real serious, and they're putting on some serious size, getting big, bigger than I was at their age for sure. And then Kyler, my 17-year-old, he told me a couple months ago, he goes, Dad, I want to compete. At least nice. once, he and that's always hey do it once. Yeah, so I, and that wasn't me talking to him. He wants to do it, so we we're looking at some stuff next June or July. I'm l- letting him build, and he's building nicely till maybe about February or so, and then we're going to start cutting. And as long as he still wants to do it, I'm going to coach him and help him because I'll be off for the next three years after this year. After this gauntlet I'm running, I'm going to take three years off till I'm fifty. So I'll have tons of time. I'm going to focus it on. The, a lot of things but one of them will be him and helping him and uh because of that i had him come to a couple shows he's been to two this year of the 13 he's been to two he went to st louis and to dallas with me was it dallas okay. no it was chicago he came to chicago with me um because we got some some good pizza after that show i remember the, the chicago <laughs> pizza and uh he just he really enjoyed it he really enjoyed what he saw and the people he met and the the promoters and the other competitors really like loved on him and uh, he enjoyed it. So yeah, these these boys are ready to go. That's amazing. You know, there, there's a
1: quote: "There's good leaders create good results, great leaders create even more great leaders." And it seems that you are doing that with your family and everybody that you keep on interacting with. So I'm I'm really really happy for you, Mike, and I'm really happy we got to talk on this. Um, so. Real quickly, I, I saw a post that you had mentioned that you had cancer or something of that nature and you had, you had beaten that. Can you go into what that was like? I'm, I've am i been really curious about that ever since you posted about that.
0: Yeah. So that was, and, and one of the things I just mentioned when talking about my sons is they've seen me go through battles and not quit. This is one of the things I was referring to um, in, in 2020 w- was a big year for me, um, not not just success in business, but it was a big year because it was one of the bigger challenges I've had in my life. Early that year, I had already known I'm gonna compete in 2020, that was one of my goals. you know. So like all competitors, we mapped out our prep, the shows. And then in February, I had something happen. So let's back up a couple years. Uh, I'm from California, Southern California, I had a pool in my backyard, I used to swim all the time, go to the beach, surf, it's just the way life was and then in 2016 i started competing when i was 39 well i'm from california i never really thought about the sun or being outside so i'm sun tanning out my backyard you know trying to get a dark base layer yeah i didn't know that you could just spray it and everything be fine you know i thought i would help you know tanning beds at the gym it's just what i did for a couple years 2016 2017 2018 even never thought anything about it, everything looked fine. But I had a mole here on my chest, little one, little dark round mole, wasn't weird shape, wasn't bump, nothing crazy. But as years went on to about 2019, I noticed it was getting bigger, but it didn't have classic symptoms of of skin cancer because it wasn't, it was perfectly round still, but it just got bigger and bigger. So I went to my primary doctor, I don't know, 2018, 2019, and she looked at it, oh, it looks fine. It has none of the none of the, the signs of being cancer. Don't worry about it. You know, six months go by, you go by my wife. My wife's a nurse, she's an RN. She goes, That's you need to get that looked at again. Okay. I went and looked at it again. She doctor same doctor. It looks it looks fine, Michael. I don't see anything here. Another six months go by, that thing has got bigger. Maybe just a little bit smaller than the, the tip of an eraser head. Mm-hmm. Okay pretty round, still uniform color, you know, so it wasn't splotchy and looking all weird. We're like, Hey, that's skin cancer. Um, and, and finally we said, let's just forget it. I'm going to go to a different doctor. I'm not going to ask him what he thinks. I'm going to say, cut that off, please. And have it checked. So I went and did that went to a different doctor. He just cut it off. He had it checked a couple days later. I got a call at home. Say, Michael, I need you to see this uh, dermatologist specialist like tomorrow it wasn't like, Hey, in a week or a month, it was like, I need you to see him like Thursday or Friday. Like now this came back, you know, not right. Um, and I went, I was freaked out, went to the doctor. She checked it. She goes, yeah, Mike, this is invasive melanoma, which is the worst kind of skin cancer, the highest death rate. You know, I didn't know much about it, but I started looking into it and I was scared, just scared out of my mind because, you know, it's on my chest. We got lymph nodes and lots of stuff where that can spread. I know that mole had been on there for years, years. So I was in my mind it was like, has this spread to other parts of my body? Am I, am I done? You know, having kids and stuff and losing my parents pretty early. You know, when I was in high school, my dad would pass when I was 15, 16, my mom about 13 years ago. So not not as young, but um, it scared me. I was like, man, maybe I'm not gonna be here for my kids. You know, I, it it really worried me. So within literally a week, I was already having surgery. I mean, this happened quick, cut it off days, dermatologist specialist. She looked at it within that week. I was already getting cut and um, they called did what was called a wide incision. So the the scar on my chest is about two and a half inches big. It's about this big. So they cut a big oval out and then stretch it back. Um, And then she found a spot on my left calf. She didn't like either. That she, It was an invasive melanoma, but it wasn't right. So she cut that out too within a week after the other one. So I got an inch and a half on my calf. But this is the one they were most worried about. So even after they cut it out, they had to check and make sure they got it all. And thankfully, it wasn't as deep as it could have been. Okay, because it was there for years. So thankfully, it wasn't deep. So basically, everything was a success. And they said I had clear margins. So clear margins means no cancer. They got it all cut out. and after that appointment i have to get checked every month for a while then every three months every six months and now every year for the rest of my life but so far so good the the scar turned out pretty gnarly not great for a professional model actor and all that but honestly nowadays they just they just if, if they don't want it there they just you know photoshop it out so it's not really a big deal but at first i was worried about that but i was just thankful to be alive and honestly, I hit the stage. I've done photo shoots. I've done stuff with a scar on there. And it just tells a story. It's given me opportunity to, to tell a story about skin cancer. And for from all my athlete friends to, hey, don't suntan. Don't use the beds. It increases your chance of skin cancer by 30%. You know, it's, it's a big difference. And, and that base layer is not going to matter when you go to the show and they just spray you anyways. I've seen the whitest... Mm dudes I've, and ladies I've ever seen get spray tan and win a championship show, you know? So, and I, I still see competitor friends suntanning every day outside, showing their pictures of them outside or in a bed. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't come down on anybody, but just globally, I try to, when I can tell them, tell my story and hopefully divert somebody from, from tanning, but more importantly, getting their, their moles checked. You know, if you have a mole that you're worried about, you think it looks weird, you think it's changed, go to the dermatologist, get it checked, probably nothing, but just in case it could be something and save your life. I've had a few friends get theirs checked and a few friends have had skin cancer and they cut them off early. So it's important. So I had that happen. So, so we go back, I had that surgery, but I wanted to compete. The show I wanted to do was in June, they cut me up in early March. Big incision. I was told I'd not to work out for two months. Not at all, because if that opened up, it just stitches oh, this nice. big. Like Frankenstein opens up, then it then it heals real nasty. It, like it's gonna look real ugly. She said, and take a long time. So I, so what I did, Alan, is I I trained my chest every day a week or two before the surgery. So I overtrained the crud out of it, just, just demolished it. So then after the surgery, I took two weeks off. Then without telling the doctor, now this time I'm a master trainer, you know, I'm writing articles and and I know quite a bit about the body and how it works. So after the two weeks of resting, I just went back to training, but I modified my training by just partial movements, lightweight, partial movements. I would literally hold the incision and for chest, I would just do mid range work, you know, with just moderate weight back work. I could never stretch no full pull downs or anything because you can't rip that open, but I would get in there and use a machine, just activate my lats and did that for like six weeks. And then it was healed up. I didn't open it and I was ready to go full on. Now at the same time though, what else happened in 2020, early 2020 around March? Do you remember?
1: Uh, uh, COVID. something about a, a virus maybe started so, going
0: viral. <laughs> so, so I have surgery and then pretty around the same time, COVID hit, all the gyms were shut down. So I'm here trying to train here no gyms like use. So I've reverted to home workouts, like bands, PVC pipes banded up body weight stuff, you know, just whatever I could. And at that time I actually started filming all that stuff and writing home programs, releasing home programs, which for me really launched my career on the, on the business side, because I had home workout stuff ready to go for COVID like immediately. So I had free programs I put out there to help people. Uh, same time, bodybuilding.com started charging for their programs. So everyone was like backing out of body. Well, and I had all these free home programs that I launched at the same time. So it really helped my career. But so I'm training for my first show after skin cancer surgeries, using home workouts and bands and stuff. The show thankfully got pushed from June to August 1st. It was in St. Louis. So I'm coming into my first show post all that crud. I ended up winning the Men's Physique Open Pro, Master Pro, and got the Best Poser Award too. My only one i ever gotten was at that show. And I was literally in, in tears. I could not compose myself. I was really embarrassed because I could not put it together. Um, just having overcome all that and win all that, it was just like I was broke down. But And then I went on to, to win another show that year in Minnesota, the Minnesota Mayhem, against some top caliber guys, um, some of the best in the business. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to seem like I'm bragging, but there were some top dudes. And then I went to the Natural Olympia that year, and I won the Masters. Uh, pro title that year, the year of the, the to me some of the biggest personal adversity that I've that I've had to deal with. Wow,
1: that's that's just amazing, man. It, it, what I love is at the very beginning you spoke about how there's different trainers that you just don't know if this person might look might look normal, but he's actually on a hundred pound loss journey. And just like mm-hmm. everybody that makes it to stage, when they get to stage, you don't know the sacrifices that people have made. To get the stage and it sounds like for you you're an example of that which is gone through the skin cancer you didn't know if i can imagine the fear of having skin cancer and and thinking you might not you know see this you might die from this you know i mean i saw you get all animated that it you could still it it was it freaked
0: me out because it wasn't just skin cancer because there's lots of kinds of skin cancer it was invasive melanoma which when you at the time i don't know so i googled it i didn't have my doctor appointment yet they just told me on the phone okay, it's come back invasive melanoma and we need to have you in. So what I, I did, what everyone else does. I started Googling and then nice. I could just scared the crap out of me. Cause it's just all the stuff on there. Just all the worst case scenarios. That's what was going through my mind. It took me, I'm pretty strong willed and strong minded. It, it took me a minute to kind of get over that feeling and be, okay, I'm going to beat this mm-hmm. at first. It was just fear and all the worst case scenarios, but I reined it in pretty quick and you know, okay, what am I, what do I have to do to beat this now? What am I going to do now? It it just took me a minute to kind of get through the initial shot.
1: But it just goes to show to you, it just goes to show that if you want something bad enough, that it doesn't matter what adversities you happen to find along the way. As long as your indomitable will is supersedes that obstacle that you're going to find a way to get it done. Because I can't—I mean, a lot of what you just said right there, like, if that was me, I'm not going to lie to you, I would be sending them like, oh, I could push his competition back. I'll just wait till next year. But the fact yeah. is that you were like, hell no, I'm still going to do what I can. The fact that you said you lifted just two weeks straight in a row before that. Every
0: surgery. day, I just purposely overtrained it and demolished. I wanted to like, just tear every muscle fiber I could. So it would take several weeks to recover. And at that point, you know, I started my, my partial training techniques. I just had a lot of wacky stuff. I started making up basically to keep things and sh- just to keep muscle mass. That was my goal. Keep what I have until I can train again. And then the gyms were closed anyway. So a lot of people didn't compete that year. And and I'm no judgment. That was a, a, not a good year for the world, but that would have been a, just another reason not to compete that year. But for me, I had, I look kind of like the challenge. I like challenges. You know, once I got over the shop, it was a challenge to me to get on stage and COVID just added to the challenge. So it wasn't like, I just, I'm gonna go win all these shows. It's like, I wanna see how, what I can do in the midst of all this adversity. And it ended up being one of my better competition. I only did three, four shows that year. Again, this is the only year I'm doing a bunch of shows. And I probably will never do this again, Alan. Not that it's a bad experience, it's an amazing experience. And Mm -hmm. I feel great right now. We can talk about that at the end, but Mm -hmm. um, it's just, cause it, it is hard on the family, me being gone. Every weekend almost, you know, last month I was gone three weekends in a row. I just was gone this last weekend. I got two more in a row coming up, two in a row coming up in November. So, so it's hard on my family. That's the only reason I probably won't ever, I'm I'm not going to say never, but probably not do this again, just because it is hard on the family. But back then in 2020, it was four shows and it was a good year for me you know, despite all that. And, and hopefully it inspired some other people. Hopefully me getting skin cancer and having those surgeries help save the life of some, someone else by, by hearing the story, um, you know, yeah. well, it's, it's That's all I know, have to say about that. Well,
1: you probably already did, right. Just by, by spreading your story. Cause it's, you look at you, you look at the profile that you have. You're very well-spoken. You look like you're like 22 years old, Michael. I don't care how old do you think you are. And it's, and it's, <laughs> all a testament to how well you treat yourself. So if I were to read your story, like, wow, this guy went through cancer. Wow. This guy had to go through this change. Then it's like, well, if he can do it and be where he's at and have this persona where it doesn't seem like anything's penetrable, then by all means, why can't I overcome my own respective adversities and become a version of this in lieu of that? So it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So real quickly, because you have been traveling so much and you've gotten all this wisdom from everybody else, what are mm-hmm. maybe if you had to pick like three core principles for anyone that wants to travel as much as you are and competing, is there maybe a few things that you absolutely kind of make your planning trips around? Is like certain workouts, certain gyms? Like is what
0: is that like for you? I have a lot of great advice on this. I'll give you more than three. Actually, when I'm done with the season, I've already been commissioned to write a a great article on how I pulled this year off for Ironman Magazine. So I've already started outlining my talking points for that article, but I'm going to give you guys a preview. So first of all, doing this traveling on the kind of just making it easier side of things, there's three things that have made life a lot easier. First of all, it's the TSA pre-check at airports, worth every dime, Mm. worth the hassle of getting that pre-check because I just walk through lines. Number two is Hilton honors. I am finding the majority of host hotels are Hilton's, not all of them, but I would say 70% have been Hilton's. Hilton honors, you can get their app and check in right when you get off your flight, get a digital key. So you show up in the lobby, your buddy's still waiting for an early check-in and you walk right up to you. You don't have to talk to the counter. You walk up to your door, boom, you're in your door early check-in. And three, budget their app. They have a fast break app where you get to an airport, you don't go to the counter. You walk. It tells you where your car is, and the keys are inside it, waiting for you. Already, just keys in the car. Those three things have made all this traveling a lot easier for me. Um, just on the on the goofy side of things, but how I'm really pulling this off, in addition to having expert advice from Eric, okay, um, I do have a coach. I am a trainer. I've coached people. I I know a lot about training, but I have a coach because you know what? Michael Jordan had a coach. And I'm no Michael Jordan. So have a coach. If you want to get into training, you need to have a coach. And there's a lot of styles out there, a lot of great coaches out there. You need to find one that, that fits your budget, fits your personality. Then you just need to listen to them and stop listening to everyone else and get the job done. That's been instrumental. But I would say one of the biggest things that's helped me pull off 13 shows so far. Right now, I'm feeling great. My energy's up. I killed legs this morning. My conditioning is still exactly where I want it. We're dialed in. I'm not fading yet, Alan. I got four shows left. I'm not fading yet. I'm still coming in where me and Eric want me to come in. And I think a lot of it is the mindset. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you before this year, doing four shows, by the end of that, I was done. Mentally done. I was hungry. I wanted to eat this and that. And it was just, I was ready to be done after four shows. Going into this year... I had the vision. I knew that I wanted to do a bunch of shows, and I made my mind up before I started that I'm going to get this done, and I can do it. And I think because of that, and probably a lot of just God's strength and power, you know, praying for the strength, that's that's a key too. But having that mindset, knowing that, no, the these shows aren't going to be hard, and no, I'm not going to be spent, and I'm not going to be drained. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to feel great doing it. Just having that mindset is giving me Probably the power to get through it, because I'm gonna tell you I'm feeling great, man. I feel better now after 13 shows than I did last year after four. After the four in 2020, I feel better now after those four in 2020 where I won and dug deep, and I'm still going. Now I'm I'm in better shit conditioning now than I was at a first show in April. I won that first show. It was an Open Men's Physique USBF. But if I would have been this conditioned, I was pretty close though. That was sharp shape. But if I was as conditioned as I am now, back in April. I'd probably be dead right now. But Mm. so we slowly, as months went on, we're slowly digging a little deeper, a little deeper because here after what I'm inside five weeks now, I'll probably finish at the natural Olympia. Mm -hmm. By that point I could be near death's door and crawling to the finish line and that's okay for me. So I'm kind of just going all, all in all gas to that last finish line because I know I'm taking an extended year off or three years off after this year.
1: Right. And and that's kind of uh, where I wanted to the last question I really have is, is just that man, you I mean you traveled so much, you've done a lot with bodybuilding and now you're going to take three years off. What, where do you, what do you plan on doing with those three years? And I guess where does Michael Wittig go as a professional bodybuilder or as a professional influencer uh, in this world?
0: Well, I, I had a, a pretty clear pa- plan for the future quite a while ago. So this coming weekend, so, uh, one of the last final four shows, it's a PNBA show in Arizona, uh, the grand Canyon classic. I'll be at this next Saturday. I'm going to step into amateur and tr- attempt to get my classic pro card. So I'm working okay. with, uh, on the posing, like I got a posing session today and I've been working on it daily with one of the greats, Richie Lopez. I don't know if you know him. He's, uh, a spectacle. I called him the spectacle on stage. His, his posing is amazing. I'm not going to be as amazing as Richie, but I'm learning from Richie. Um, so I'm stepping on there to get my classic pro card. It's something that I added to my, to my goal list for this year. Um, and then I'm going to do three pro classes that day. So four classes that day, my goal is to finish out this year as strong as I can. I'm taking three years off because then in three years I'll be 50. Alan, and when I turn 50, I plan to step up to uh, Masters Classic Physique and maybe bodybuilding. And to do that, though, I need to put on some more size. So in, in some leagues, they have 50 plus classes. They're called Grand Masters in some leagues, 50 plus. Um, I'll be 50. So I want to be able to hang with those guys. And I might still do 40 plus and 50 plus. Probably won't mess with opens at 50, but that's my goal. So I want three years to try to put on some muscle, a good maybe eight pounds. You know, at my age, being a natural athlete, building a couple pounds a year is about, about normal. So I'm gonna try to extend that, see if I can put on around eight pounds or so when I'm 50, and then step into uh master's classic physique. That's the the plan with bodybuilding. Now, next year, though, I plan to um, step back into more acting. I've done some Mm -hmm. this year, here and there. I've done some commercials and some movie bits and parts that are going to be fun when they come on. Uh, But I've turned down a lot of stuff because it's always on around a show. You know, just today, Mm -hmm. I got a bunch of offers, but it's all peak weeks coming up, which is every week. I've had a peak week almost every week for months. So most things I'm just denying and turning down or not auditioning for. Uh, but next year I'll I'll have the time and I'll jump back more into acting, movies, commercials, just modeling, just whatever comes It's going to help my family and it's fun. Nice,
1: nice. Well, Michael, I'm I'm very excited to hear the rest of where your brand goes, and I'm excited to see where you're going to be three years from now for uh, getting into classic physique. I, I'm always I'm always intrigued by the athletes that start as like physique athletes or starting the physique division, and they build themselves into classic physique and even potentially bigger, as you, as you mentioned, um, Mm -hmm. is there anything else uh, you want to add, man, before we wrap this all up?
0: No, man, just thank you for the opportunity. Um, I appreciate all the support I get from it, from everybody. Um, my peers, my friends, um, just the positive text messages and messages that, that come in before and after shows. Um, just appreciate you guys. Uh one of the the best parts of competing is hanging out with the competitors backstage, hearing their stories and just clowning around backstage, you know. Of course, when we hit the stage, we're battling, we all want to win, you know, that's a given, but especially in the natural leagues, just hanging out backstage is always a good time. It's like family. So, I just want to thank you guys for that. And I got four more shows left, so we still have a a lot of fun times coming up. I'll be in Arizona this coming Saturday for the Grand Canyon Classic. I'll be at the next week in Peoria, Illinois for the USBF Master Championships, 40 plus. Then I'm going to be November 4th at the World Cup in Los Angeles. Then I'll finish at the Natural Olympia in Vegas on November 11th. And then uh, then family time.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. I'm definitely looking forward to your family time. Looking forward to everything. Um, and do me a favor. Stay on for a little bit when we're done with this. And everybody else who's watched, who's listen up to this point. Thank you very much. I hope you can reach out to Michael as well. He's on uh, just Michael Wittig is your Instagram handle, I believe.
0: Nope. My, my, my social media handles are Wittig works. So W I T T I G works on all social media across the board. So yeah, feel free to drop me a message. If you have any questions, you need advice. You just want to say what's up. You can drop it to me on any of the social networks. I try to get back with everybody.
1: Outstanding, outstanding. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. And until next time, Deuce. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. O. H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. i guess even back then you can call me C E O or the R O.